Thanks for listening to the High Street Young Adults Podcast. For more information and how to get connected, check out highstreet.org slash youngadults. Well, guys, welcome. Uh, it's going to be a good night. This is our guys' night, girls' night split. Um, and this is different than what we normally do. You guys aren't normally in, in this room, um, but it's going to be a good night. And really, what we want to do with tonight um, is we want this group, whether it's guys or girls, to have freedom from, from sexual sin. Um, what we want tonight to be is if you are uh, walking, and I'll, I'll sit down so that everybody else is sitting down, um, that, that we want you to be able to gain or maintain sexual purity. Because if you're in here, you're either probably in the middle of trying to maintain it, or you, you need to figure out how to gain it. So I'll introduce Logan Counts is over here, and then Dylan Lee uh, is going to be our other panelist tonight. So it's going to be pretty laid back, and we'll talk for a little bit, but you guys have some stuff in your hands. We'll talk about that in, uh, in just a minute. But Logan, will you kind of talk and just lay the groundwork for what we're going to talk about tonight? Yeah, I mean, uh, we kind of talked last week uh, on really God's design for sex. We titled the message Sex God's Way. And uh, I, I really do think that this topic, and I don't think I know, uh, is probably one of the most pressing topics for our generation, um, especially as men. Like, I would say that most of y'all in here, if you if you have a family one day, you want to lead them well, you want to lead your wife well, uh, and you want to do uh, hopefully what honors God or explore what that might look like for, for your life. So, yeah. Um, so tonight we have like a really simple three kind of part, uh, three point thing that we want everybody to walk away with. And there's so many things that we could talk about in this subject. There's so much that we could start on. But what we really wanted to do was kind of crack the, the door open and start the conversation. So we know that there's so much that could be said, and we're going to do our best to help. Um, but what we really want is just to, have, to start the open and honest conversation about how to find freedom from sexual sin. Um, Dylan, will you talk a little bit about the, just the beginning for you and what that looked like? Yeah, so just starting off is just coming to yourself and within yourself. And realizing and seeing and admitting that there is a problem, um, that you may have an addiction. And it can be scary to kind of think of, an addiction is kind of like, your addiction, that's kind of like a scary, serious word. Um, but when you come to terms with it, if you're trying to stop something that you don't want to do, that you know isn't right and you can't, you are addicted to that thing. And so coming to terms with kind of that verbiage um, and someone else can tell you that something is, is so terrible and so bad, but if you don't feel it, then you're like, whatever. Like, that's fine. Maybe that's just bad for you, bad for um, kind of what you see as bad. But once you start admitting to yourself and telling yourself and recognizing that, like, this is a problem, like, this is an issue, um, that's where it's going to start. That's where you're going to see, um, like, the path to freedom just kind of begin um, for that issue. Yeah, and that's kind of the first thing that we want to, to highlight is that the first thing that we have to do is admit that there's a problem. Um, God's standard is so much better. And I remember being in high school and someone telling me that, like, any, like sexual sin, what that is, is anything outside of God's design that's sexual gratification. And I remember being like, okay, that's a pretty high standard. Like, I don't, I don't know if that's like that bad, what I'm doing. Like, I'm just looking, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not acting out. I'm not doing anything necessarily wrong. I'm not looking at anything I shouldn't. When I heard that, I wasn't looking at pornography or anything, but I remember thinking, wow, that's, that's a high standard. And that's really different than what I understood. I grew up in church and a lot of times it wasn't talked about. And for me, I had to admit that even where I was then, there was a problem. That there was a problem with where I was and I didn't want to live there. So when you look at that in God's standard of anything outside of marriage, any kind of sexual gratification, I mean, that's, that's lust, that's the pornography, that's acting out on lust or pornography, that's same-sex attraction, it's doing things that you shouldn't with someone that you're not married to, that the first thing that we have to do is kind of admit that there's, that there's a problem. Uh, Logan, will you kind of talk through when you knew that that was like a destructive season for you like maybe you had already known it was a problem but like how do you know that, that was destructive for you yeah and i think before i hit, hit that i want to yeah. just like rehash what you said really is that the, the first deal with this is like we have to 
like, like in admittance, we have to understand that there, there's a, a pride issue at stake here. Um, I think the biggest thing is this is uh, we want to often go to the sexual sin that exists and we want to hit that first. And it's like, this is what I'm struggling with. But I really think there's power in seeing like, what is the root cause of that? And it's hard as a guy, like I still struggle with this. I'm going to be 30 in a few days, but I, I still struggle with this is, is my pridefulness. And it's, it's not always easy to admit that we have wrong in our lives, but that's really the starting point. What does God's word say is that we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so since we're all sinners, it starts with admitting that we have a sin problem in our own heart. Like before we even go to address sexual sin, anything that's outside of God's design for sex, we have to understand like we have a sin problem in general. And so you have to, no matter what, like if you want to have victory and freedom in this in your life, or you want to continue to walk in freedom, you have to admit first and foremost that you have sin in your life. And you can't solve that on your own. It starts with what Jesus did on the cross for us is that we have to acknowledge we are a sinful person. We cannot save ourselves. We need a savior. And that's where it starts. And then, like I said, most sexual sin is rooted in something other than just, than other than just like, hey, that's a sin. A lot of times it has to do with pride because we're saying, hey, uh, God, you have this design laid out for sex, but I'm going to do it my way. I want to have this gratification. I want to have, um, you know, so there's this pride factor of we're choosing not to engage in God's way. And there's probably some people here thinking, well, I understand that maybe that this is God's plan, um, like that I'm not in God's plan when I'm engaging in sexual sin, but I feel trapped in it. And I would challenge you like dig deep. What is like the root cause of that? What is like the root issue at hand? Like, is it because, and I'll talk about this more as I share my story, but for me, it was really like numbing some pain. I was, I was really self-conscious, uh, and that's not fun to admit as a guy, but I was uh, very self-conscious. I felt like I was in a lonely season when I was really struggling the worst with this, and so that's hard to admit, but we have to admit that we are sinner first. Then we have to go and dive to the root of the issue, and we have to explore like, what is causing it? And there has to be wrapped up in this battle, humility. We're never going to de defeat sin by, by being prideful and being arrogant, and Proverbs 16, 18 says that, um, you know, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. It's so true. Pride is, pride is what leads to destruction. And all throughout the Bible, we see that as to be true. Yeah. So the first thing I think that is the most important is if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that, that has to be the beginning of freedom. Uh, and if you don't, I mean, talk to someone here, talk to one of us afterwards, and we'd love to help you make that decision. Uh, Dylan, would you kind of talk through, um, you know, maybe you knew that there was a problem, you'd admitted there was a problem, but like, when did you, there's a big step from knowing it's a problem in your head to doing anything about it and starting to gain some, some freedom. Right. Um, so I didn't grow up knowing that this was like this, this was an issue. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Um, I mean, wonderful parents, just not a Christian home. And so to me, it's just like, it's what the guys were doing. Like, it's just a natural thing around like maybe junior high or so. It's just what everyone was doing. No big deal. Um, and part of that coming to knowing Jesus is 1 Corinthians 2.14, uh, the person without the Spirit's not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. So just kind of looking at it from that perspective, it's almost like, well, yeah, of course I was doing that because I didn't know Christ. Um, and then actually seeing it as an issue is when it kind of brought problems into a relationship I had and just kind of seeing the effect that it can have on someone else. Um, and then it took three years, four years later, um, getting to Missouri State and just witnessing this group of just community, just a Christian community of men dedicated to finding freedom and purity. And once, once I was able to get that opportunity, obviously it wasn't, um, the battle's not over, obviously, um, but so much success and freedom was seen by just having other brothers in Christ who have gone through the same thing are right there with you. They're praying for you. You're checking in each day. will just make an incredible difference. Um, and I was able to do a podcast on just becoming a godly man. And, and that's, that is some kind of humility and that is some kind of maturity to come together with other, another group of guys to just admit these things on a continuous basis. Um, so what was that like for you? Like, were you in a group of people that admitted it before you did, or did you bring it to that group? What did that look like? Yeah. Um, so that was, I, I mean, I had admitted it um, kind of way before in high school with a trusted um, kind of youth leader. Um, 
but it just wasn't, it wasn't being in that relationship allowed me to not pursue it as serious as the problem was, which, I mean, obviously made it worse. Um, so that was when I was admitting it with a purpose. So I'm, I'm admitting it knowing that, like, this is something that needs to stop in obedience to God's plan for me. And this is something that needs to stop just for my own future and my own future family and something like that. And, and if I can piggyback off like my story, um, when I knew, there, one of my friends told me this one time, and I think this is really good, like an addiction is this, like you can tell if you're addicted to something by if your schedule is reoriented around that thing, or if it disrupts your schedule to like do it. And so for me, what happened one day, and I've told this story before, and uh, I was coming home from Missouri State, uh, I think I was a sophomore in college, right? low self-worth, like struggling, didn't think any girls wanted to date me, uh, I'm in a bad place mentally. I came home, parked my 1997 Jeep Grand Cherokee, I still wish I had it, it's kind of cool now, but I, you know, uh, I, now I drive a Nissan Altima, so I'm pretty lame. Uh, but uh, I, I parked my car, and for 40 minutes, like I'm just scrolling stuff. And I remember just sitting there, and like at the end of it, like you're unhappy with yourself, you know what I mean? And, and I remember just being like, that's 40 minutes of my day gone. Like I have stuff to do. You know, like I just wasted like 40 minutes of my day. And that's when I really knew like, okay, I have a problem that, that's going on here and kind of leading into our next point, not to steal it. Um, but uh, what's crazy for me is sitting in this room. It used to be different. This is remodeled now, but I was in college and uh, we had a night kind of like this and it, it was a little different. Um, and I, for the first time, I really realized, holy cow, other guys are struggling with this. And I didn't feel so alone. And I was able to be transparent and confess that what I was struggling with to other people. And uh, man, that was a game changer in me finding freedom. Uh, but that's where I really started to see that I do have a problem is that it was starting to, to disrupt my schedule. And I was seeing that there's, there's something going on here that needs to be addressed. So the first thing you have to admit to yourself that there's a problem. And the second thing you kind of talked about, Andy, like you have to confess that it's a thing. And um, I remember when I came across, I'd always known like first John one nine, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Like I was forgiven by God. And I, I knew that. And that's, that's available to anyone and everyone, but I was not walking in healing. I was not walking in freedom. And I remember coming across James uh, five sixteen. It says, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. That the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. And I think that is probably one of the, the biggest keys that Satan wants to convince us you're alone. No one else thinks the way that you think. No one else has had those thoughts. No one else has done what you've done. So why would you ever tell someone? Why would you ever, ever confess that to someone else? But here what we read is that when we confess our sins to one another in an appropriate place with an appropriate person, that we'll find healing and we'll be able to walk in that. Do either of you have anything kind of on that confession or what that's done for you? Um, yeah, so I, I mentioned that kind of purity group and just those, that group of Christian guys. Um, and it's... I wish I could put into words just the, the feeling of a weight being lifted, knowing that I'm not the only one suffering with this. Because, I mean, it's so, like, your, your mind and, and kind of your feelings can, can get conflicted because your mind can say, obviously, you're not alone in this. Like, you, you know guys are struggling with this too, but it's so easy and it can happen so fast of you getting in your own head and being like, like I'm worthless. So I, continue to, I continue to relapse. I continue to mess up. Surely, surely everyone else is having an easier time with this. Well, I think the hard part that, like, maybe we don't talk, talk about sometimes too is that it feels right sometimes, you know what I mean? Like you, you look, you look out and like, it feels right. Other people are doing these things or um, it, it, it seems like, man, this is like satisfying to me. I enjoy this. And I think that sometimes it does take a lot of humility to realize that obedience to God's word is always going to be right, even if it doesn't feel right. So obedience to God's word is always going to be right, even if it doesn't feel right in the moment, like that we're to be obedient to God's word. And I'll just challenge you, maybe like, man, I haven't really ever thought about it like that. I'm not really even taking this seriously. Like if you will start to like take steps in obedience towards God's word, even when it doesn't feel right, it's going to change your life. And you're going to see as you go, the healing that happens in your life because of that. Yeah. And I would just, I feel like there's probably someone here who's like, man, I had no intention of telling anybody and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and like, we, we'll have some steps for you to take. There's some cards that you have in your seat afterwards uh, that I'll tell you what to do with. But like, 
Will you just will you just listen to the Holy Spirit in in what He's wanting for you? That you read it in the Bible and you go, I see that that's true. I know that that's true. Logically, I know that that makes sense. That there's healing to be found if I confess. There's no way I'm doing it. There's no way. But like Logan, will you kind of talk through what the Holy Spirit's process that has been for you in finding freedom from this? I like that you said it's a process, right? And so um, there's there's this idea in, in God's word that we see is like sanctification. And uh, you, you might've heard that in church before, but sanctification is like this progressive developing of holiness in your life. So again, I wanna clarify, it all starts with a relationship with Jesus. Uh, in God's word, he tells us, Jesus tells in, in uh, the book of John, he says, hey, when I leave you, like he's telling his disciples who are followers of him, when I leave you, I'm going to have the father send you a helper. And that helper is the Holy Spirit who can then work in our lives. And you, you know, I love what Galatians 5, 16 says, it says, but I say, walk by the spirit Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So in order to walk by the spirit, I have to have a relationship with Jesus. And then I have to actually be obedient to God's word and follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And Luke eleven thirteen 13 says this, it says, if then you are evil, know how to, if you who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so it's like, if we are, if we are, you know, simple. And I, I mean, I have two children and I love giving gifts to them. Like I love being, um, doing that in their lives, but like God loves us that much more and he will give us the Holy spirit who can help us have victory and freedom and can transform us in, in ways that we can't even think. And that's not just in terms of like sexual sin. That's with anger. That's with pride. That's with arrogance. You name it. God can transform you in that. And so it is a process though. Like I said, I'm going to be 30 soon. And, um, man, I've, I've really struggled with anger at points in my life. And uh, even still, like I'm still asking God, like, hey, will you, and I've had some times where I'm like, God, you're not working fast enough. You're not doing this quick enough. And I need this to like sin to be gone from me right now. But as I look back over the last decade of my life, as I've leaned into God and I've engaged in spiritual disciplines, as I memorized scripture, I've read God's word, as I've prayed, fasted, being in Christian community, going to church, as I've engaged in those disciplines, over time, God has changed my heart and transformed my heart. Where will this be a battle that I will face for the rest of my life? A hundred percent. Like it's not just going to magically go away one day. You get married, it doesn't just disappear, but like the battle isn't as overwhelming as it once was because of God's work in my heart. And that's due to the Holy Spirit sanctifying me, making me more like Christ. Yeah. And I'll share part of my story is that uh, grew up in church in my mind knew that lust and like those things were wrong. Uh, but I was convinced for the longest time that like, if, if I was found out, I, I would be ousted as like a fake that everybody that knew me would go, I can't believe you did that. You're not who you said you are. Why would we ever listen to you? Why would we ever trust you again? And that was the dominating thought in my head for a long time. And uh, I remember I was at an event that I was serving at and I had just been wrestling with these kind of two things of like, I've admitted it to myself and I had, someone had found out, but I didn't confess it to them. So I was like, I basically confessed it to them. Like it's out there for somebody to know. Um, and I just had it in my head. Like I needed, I had a mentor in my life that had been my small group leader when I was in eighth grade. And then again, when I was 18 and I was like, he's the person that I need to tell. Like I just, I need to tell him. And I remember going to a, a closet in my parents' church, the church that I grew up in and laying down on the floor and just bawling my eyes out. And I could take you back to that spot and I could, I could show you where, where I laid on the ground and I called a guy named Gary and I bawled my eyes out and I'm pretty sure he answered the phone and had no idea what I was talking about or what I was doing, but the words came out. And I remember he said, Jared, I love you. And I, I just, I was convinced that that wasn't gonna be the answer, that that wasn't gonna be the response. And it really did feel like a weight just got lifted off my shoulders. Because I was, I was for the longest time listening to this lie from the devil that, man, that is the sin that you got to learn how to fix that on your own. Nobody's going to ever trust you, believe in you, think that you're worthy of anything. I was this good kind of clean kid that grew up in, in church. So that was like what I kind of hung my hat on. And I thought that if ever somebody found out, I was going to be asked as a fake. And uh, that confession for me was one of the most important things that I had ever been a part of. And then we kind of started walking the process. I remember that was um, in the summer and, and about two or three weeks later, the problem popped back up again. And I was like, 
I confess it. I did the, I did the thing. Why is it not gone forever? And that's when I kind of realized that it's, it's a consistent process of accountability. It's admitting that there's a problem. It's confessing it to someone and setting up with someone that you know and you trust that maybe is a couple steps ahead of you, some accountability. And maybe it needs to be someone that you're, you're, you're with or that is more of a peer, but that's what helps keep me anchored, that helped kept me anchored to confession. I knew that when I saw Gary or when he called me on Friday mornings, I was gonna have to answer a question. And there were times that I was getting ready to walk into sin and I went, Gary's gonna call me on Friday morning and I'm either gonna lie to him or I'm gonna tell him the truth. And that was one of the beginnings of freedom for me was seeing what accountability looked like. Um, I want to read Galatians 6. It says, Brothers, if anyone's caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. This is, this is what we get to do for one another. It says that if you see someone who's caught in sin with gentleness, help restore him. That's our role for each other. I remember probably five years ago, one of the small groups that a guy started uh, that was in college, and from day one, he said, I, I need help with this sin, so I'm going to start, and I'm going I'm to lead off and say, I have a problem with sexual sin, and I, I want to help you guys too. And that group came tight. They were seeing freedom in a way that, that some of our other groups weren't. Why? Because he said, I admit that there's a problem. I'm going to confess it, and I'm going to keep a group of accountability for myself and for them consistently. Um, what, what's your all's experience with accountability? I know you said you had like a group that you were kind of daily walking with and that's when things really changed for you. What would you say about accountability? Yeah, um, <clears throat> just going back to like that daily battle. Um, I remember I'm just like, I'm looking, I'm Googling. I'm like, man, how many, how many days does it take to create a habit? Or how long does it take to, to do this? And I, I led myself to believe that, hey, if I hit six months of freedom, like I'm in the clear. Like, Devil's gonna lay down if you get down for, yeah. yeah. I made it, I made it. And so I remember reaching that point I'm like, this is so easy now. Like, I've got this. And then I look at myself a few months after that. I've kind of let my guard down. It hasn't been a daily commitment anymore. And I'm back to relapsing. And so it was just that hard reality of this is something that's going to be daily. It's something that needs to be fought with community. Um, and even something as simple as what I found helpful is sometimes we can think like, oh, daily, like that's, I've got all this to do. I don't have time to kind of do this. It's literally just texting one sentence, like how you felt that day to your accountability. Like how you how kind of you felt temptation wise in your accountability. Boom, done. If you want to talk about it, you can. You don't have to text on the next day. Um, so it's just that simple of just like a daily obedience and kind of like this daily habit of a consistent fight with that sin with a community who's also fighting that with you. And and like like we've mentioned before, just the weight of not carrying it by yourself is is incredible. And that, that takes some courage. I mean to be to be the guy in that group that says, I'm gonna start this, that wasn't that wasn't the flavor of that group before. He created that. Logan, what were you going to say about accountability? Well, you, you said two things that, that really stuck out to me is number one, it's like you make it six months, you're good to go. Like, but you know, for me, like sexual temptation comes in a lot of different, like Satan came to steal, to kill and destroy. And when Satan is tempting Jesus in the wilderness, he uses different techniques to try and, uh, you, you know, try and distract Jesus and knock him off his mission. And that's honestly what I could say happened for me where pornography was not like that. I had victory in that area, but it was really weird when I got married. What happened was sexual temptation for me did not come back in the form of pornography. And I, I wouldn't even know if I would classify this as sexual temptation really, but it, it was you get married and your whole life you've been going through trying to impress somebody of the opposite sex. And now like you're supposed to be done with that. And that for me was like a hard thing. So I had to really, within groups of guys, I had to confess like, I'm still struggling with like trying to like, I'm, I'm for my wife now. Like I, and again, like God will give you victory over time as you lean into him. But like, that was the thing for me is like, I've got to be aware of the schemes of Satan because he wants my marriage to fail. Pornography wasn't a thing for me anymore, but now he's trying to tempt me with, hey, you still want that recognition. You still want to be attractive. You still want to be sought after. And I had to really fight against that. And the second thing you said was in community. I would not have the, the freedom I have today if it was not for this church, because this is where I go to church, right? This is, this is the local church body that I belong to. And if it were not for being engaged in the activities of the church, 
I wouldn't be where I am. And we so undervalue sometimes uh, the importance of serving and attending and being involved in the church. And guess what? Satan's plan is, is for guys to stay uninvolved in the church. His plan is, is that, uh, you know, that we would not lead our families and take our families to church. And I just want to say for you, like, man, don't you want that? Like, you, your relationship will be so much better when you are doing things the way God has designed. And, and sex within a marriage is, is great because it's your, your opportunity to serve your spouse. It's your opportunity. Um, like, there's so much more pleasure in it when it's not just an act of, like, I'm trying to hook up with this girl this weekend. Or I've got a girlfriend, and we're having sex outside of marriage, and we're, we're you know, we've got all this pressure of, man, are we going to get found out? Or is she going to get pregnant? Like, what's, you don't have that in, in the marriage setting. And so you get to have this great thing that God designed. Like, it's so much more pre- pleasurable when, like, like what we talked about last week, when you're in the parameters that God has set forth. And I, I want to say one more thing. I've got three things, right? No one's surprised in here. And then I have just two. But uh, I would say this is like, what did we talk about last week in 1 Corinthians chapter 6? Is that sexual sin is deep. Like, it's against your own body. And so it is very serious. But I'll also say that Satan attacks people differently. So the sexual sin struggle you have might look completely different from someone else. Some of y'all might be struggling with same-sex attraction. Some of y'all might be struggling with sleeping with your girlfriend. Some of y'all might be addicted to pornography. Like, I don't know what it might be for you, but I want you to know that like you are not alone when it comes to that. And there is healing within a relationship with Christ and within Christian community. Yeah, I think about 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone away, behold, the new has come. Like, if you are in Christ, God wants you to have freedom. God wants you to have purity. And you might think like, man, my mind might be so far gone now. I can't think about certain things without thinking about what I've seen. And to think through like Romans 12, 1 and 2, that he wants to renew your mind. That he can do that. He's the God who created you. He can change you. And I think we look at things and we go, I can't unsee what I've seen. I can't undo what I've done. But God is so much better than we understand. Uh, Logan quoted John 10, 10, that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I think we have to really answer that, that call of like, how long are we just going to kind of dabble with someone whose goal is to steal, kill, and destroy? How long are we just kind of dip our toes in the water of like, well, I'm not, I'm not, not hurting anyone if I'm just looking at it on the internet. It's not, it's not really damaging anything if it's just me and her. It's no, doing things outside of God's way, regardless of what it is or how bad it is, steal, kill, and destroy. Sin always has a ripple effect. It, it, is never, it is never just affecting one person. Sin always has a ripple effect. But then Jesus finishes that statement by saying, hey, this is what your enemy wants to do, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And I think we really have to accept that and set our minds on the good things, set our minds on Jesus, set our minds on God, let, let his word change our hearts and our souls from the inside out because I think the life that he has for you is not just, you're not messing up every once in a while. It's purity and freedom in a way that people would look at and go, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't know how you get there. It's life abundant. So I just want to kind of finish with this. Wherever you're at, maybe, maybe you're just working on maintaining your sexual purity. Keep the fight up. Help someone who maybe is not in that same boat, who can't see their way out of the tunnel. Help someone. But if you're looking to gain Purity in this area, you got to start with the three things that we talked about. You got to admit that there's some kind of problem. You got to confess it to someone. You have to seek accountability. Logan, will you talk through just the card that we made up um, and what, what we're asking people to do? You got two cards there. One of them's resources, um, and the other one's a card. So these resources are just kind of some ways um, that, that this isn't comprehensive. There's so much uh, that's there that the CPR method, confess, pray, and remove access to change those inputs, to change what's coming in, uh, and then some of those scriptures. But Logan, will you talk through that card? Yeah, so the card has three questions on it. Basically, what we, we don't want to just talk about this and leave y'all hanging. Um, we, we don't believe that's what we're called to do as a church. And so if you're 
someone in you would say, hey, I need some help in this area and I, I need someone to reach out to me. Our staff team, so as our guys um, right here, uh, that's on our staff, we're going to look through those cards and if you're someone that needs help, we're going to um, be in contact with you and follow up with you. These cards will not be seen by like 25 people. So it's like, hey, we saw your name from so-and-so. Like that's not, we're not going to do that, okay? Um, but we're, we're going to keep it uh, in-house. And if you're just someone you need help and you need processing and you notice the questions on there are like, are you in a group at High Street? And um, you know, there's a lot of great groups still and you were involved with Purity Group through Stumo uh, at Missouri State's campus and that's awesome. We, we celebrate all the groups that are out there. But if you have no form of community at all, no group of guys that you can get with, we believe in the power of getting a group. Um, and so we want to encourage that. And then also, do you have someone uh, in your circle that you can trust, that you feel like can hold you accountable? I think this whole proximity and frequency, like people who can hold you accountable are people who are close to your proximity, like you're with them a lot and you see them frequently, you're able to talk to them frequently. Um, and so if you have someone that you really trust in that area, then uh, I would encourage you. Uh, to reach out to them and make sure you trust them. Like, is it someone you respect? Uh, is it someone that, it, you know, kind of like be like, is this person like, is it in their walk, in their faith? Is this a person I want to be like? Am I like, you know, so do you do, do diligence there and in, in in like checking out? Is this, is this who I need to be like? Or is this who I'm aspiring to be like? Do they have the fruits of the spirit in their life? So that's what the card's for. Um, and if you're someone who is listening to this uh, online or on, on the podcast, uh, you can text and you guys in the room too can text HS Connect to 94,000. And if you'd say you want to join a group, um, we can get you plugged into one as well. Uh, and so I just want to encourage you guys to do that. Yeah, and then the other piece is after this, I'm going to pray here in just a minute. Um, I've asked a couple of guys that have the things that you've talked about. Us, you know, we'll, us three will be available. Um, that right before I pray, I'm going to ask them to stand up, and they're just going to kind of go to the corners of the room. And if you need to tell someone tonight, like, do it. If God's laid that on your heart, that that would be the beginning of freedom for you, obey. I, I just, I remember, I feel like I pushed off calling someone for the longest time. And I can't tell you the amount of freedom that that gives you in obedience. So we want to give you an opportunity to do that tonight. Uh, I'm sure the girls are going to go a little bit longer than us. So we'll hang you know for just, they are, for just a couple you know minutes. They are. Um, but I'm going to pray.